Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up? Andrew Ivins here, Tom Lloyd with 24-7 Sports, Cooper, my guy, my colleague, my co-host for this unnamed show. He is, I think, in Colorado somewhere. I don't know. He's dealing with flight cancellations. He mentioned the word snow, um, which is wild to me because it's Memorial Day weekend or it was Memorial Day weekend. I spent it on a lake. Uh, so the fact that he dealt with some snow and, and airline cancellations is wild to me. But I found a, a pinch hitter for us today or uh, an extra arm to bring in, and that's Tom Loy, my good friend. He covers Notre Dame primarily for 24-7 sports. But Tom, while all of us were enjoying cookouts and drinking some beers over the weekend, Tom was working. He was out in L.A. at a very, very unique event, uh, Steve Clarkson's annual quarterback retreat. Um, before we hit play on this thing, I was asking Tom how many, how long he's been there. So before we get into that, Tom, just how are you doing, man? How are you doing here on this on, on this Tuesday? Good, good. Yeah, feeling feeling the effects of being out there for two days. Um, great weather, had a good time. Always good to link up with those guys. Guys that you know well, Zach Soskin, Ryan Lacey, Steve Clarkson, all those guys, everybody on the Adidas side of things. So um, it was a good time being out there. Been doing it for the last, I think, six, seven years, something like that. So Good to be out there, man. But uh, yeah, now we're back in Indiana, back uh, back on the grind. So, yeah. So, I mean, why don't you just start with a synopsis or uh, I don't know, like a definition of the event, like the the intro on the Wikipedia page. What is the Steve Clarkson QB retreat? Um, you know, because I've been doing this for I don't know, you know eight years now, and I, I don't really know what the event is. I, you know, there, you have your your top high school kids there when it comes to quarterbacks. You got college kids. I don't think any NFL guys, but this is. I don't know. It's like the Manning Passing Academy, but like a lighter version or a more exclusive version. Or, or you, you tell me what exactly you were just at. Yeah. So it's kind of changed a little bit over the last couple of years because like there were some NFL guys that have come in the past. Patrick Mahomes would show up and that was kind of like everybody was like all on him. Um, there was but it's basically the top, at least the you know, the guys that they can always get in. You always hope for the best, but the top high school, top college and then sometimes like i said they some of the nfl guys come in um and they just kind of come together in the years past i liked it a little bit better because there's a ton more competition and they were there was like before the younger kids that are there too because there's elementary and middle school kids there too so before those guys would get there in the morning it would be all the college guys and they were they were putting in work i mean they were they were sweating they were grinding having these competitions and it was a lot of fun so you really see the best of the best at one point I even remember writing up a, a top performers list. So it was just to see who was, you know, outperforming the others. But um, yeah, you'd have Jacob Eason in the past, Matt Corral, Trevor Lawrence, all these guys. It was a blast. Um, it's been kind of like, it's been more of like a, an event to kind of come together. They, they work on day one really hard. And then day two is a lot, a lot more about kind of coaching and really mentoring the younger kids and having fun because these young kids are paying a lot of money to be here. And, and, they're leaving with an experience of, yes, I got better. It was fun. 
but man, I, I just met the next big thing. You know what I mean? Like I just met all these guys that are going to be future stars at the next level and then in the NFL. So um, that's really what day two was about. It was about a lot more fun. And then day one was about the competition and really getting after it. But all in all, it's a great camp. It's a lot of fun to be at. Like I said, it's great for networking, especially for these guys, especially in an era of NIL. So um, just a great, great event. And, and Steve Clarkson does a good job. And Steve Clarkson, for those unaware, big time quarterback, trainer, quarterback coach. Um, he played at San Jose State, played in the CFL. His son, Pierce Clarkson, committed to Louisville here in the 2023 cycle. So he's kind of one of the gurus out there. It seems like there's so many of these quarterback guys now, but he's he's one of the best. Um, let's dive into it, Tom. Tell me, what was your biggest takeaway? Now, I know I don't think every blue chip quarterback was there, but um, a, a ton of the ones in the class of, of, of 2023. And, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like one of these guys that might be a bit of a surprise for some of our viewers or listeners kind of jumped out. So who, who exactly or what is your big takeaway coming out of L.A.? Honestly, so, yes, there was a bunch of good, talented quarterbacks there. We could go on and on about how everybody did. No question. I'm sure we'll dive into it. But honestly, my big takeaway was probably the fact that the 2024 class is loaded with these alphas, these alpha dog mentality type kids. So back at the All-American Bowl underclassmen combine, I really got around CJ Carr, a five-star quarterback in the 24 class from Michigan. Spent some time with him. And, you know, he jokingly said to me, when he said to us, I think he may have been right there with me, but he's like, I'm going to be the alpha dog by the end of the day. Like smile on his face, super, you know, not not arrogant, but like very confident in his ability. I said, all right, let's let's see what you do. And obviously he went on, put on a show and was our top overall performer at the event. That's the kind of kid he is. So now getting around guys like Dylan Rayola, Jaden Davis, Julian Sayan, they are absolutely under that same umbrella. I mean, these guys were fearless. You know, they were toe to toe, throwing with anybody, um, talking about their, their college decisions. They are not worried about depth chart. They don't care who's in front of them or supposedly in front of them. If, you know, they feel like when they step on college campuses, they feel like they're going to be QB1 upon arrival. Um, it was funny talking to these guys, especially Rayola Davis and saying that they were almost frustrated that the college guys weren't really throwing much throughout the event, especially on day two, because they wanted to compete with them. They wanted to show like, I don't care that we're only going to be juniors in high school. Like we can hang with you guys. We can throw toe to toe with you guys. So that was probably my biggest, biggest takeaway was just how confident um, these guys are. And then obviously they went out and uh, they, 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 showed it with their talent on the field so it was pretty fun to watch i mean that's just fascinating to me right so in this 2023 cycle we always talk kind of about the big three and you can make it the big four i mean arch manning uh nico Ayamaleeva, um malachi nelson and then you got dante moore and, and then there's kind of a bit of a gap and you know you're wondering if, as these schools and the dominoes fall and, and you try to slot guys you know who out there is going to start peeking ahead to the 2024 cycle we saw Ohio State do that, getting Day Dylan Rayola committed early on. So I, I just find that interesting that you bring up the point that there's some of these other alphas out there. And I just wonder how many schools maybe, you know, wave the white flag in that class of 2023 and go, hey, I'm going to go get a Jaden Davis or, or I'm going to go get a Julian Sayan or, or, or whatnot. Because uh, I think that's something you got to think about, especially in this, like you mentioned, NIL era. Um, you know, and I was talking with a, a, a college play caller just a few days ago, you know, right before the holiday weekend, I said, hey, are any of these 2024 guys tossing out figures yet? And he's like, well, no, um, but we know it's kind of coming. Um, so it, it'll just be interesting to see when all that stuff gets factored in. 
and if if any of these guys even were to reclassify because who knows how this long this window is going to be open with the nil uh and all that stuff so um that, that's super interesting now if you, uh, tom if you had to peg one of those guys that you thought might have been the best of the best or the alpha out there one of those 2024s who was it I mean, I think, like I said, the, the majority of the work was done on day one. And I think both Greg Biggins and I would agree that Chris Vizina, the Clemson quarterback commit, uh, he was probably the most consistent. I mean, he had a really, really good first day. Um, he put in work, I man. He was doing all the drills, in, including like showing off athleticism and running. Um, and, and I thought that was the most impressive. He was definitely the most consistent as a pure passer. I mean, the kid has it all, but what I really like to see was when they were doing these footwork drills and athleticism and straight line running, I mean, they had him running like 50 yards at one point, not really sure why I'm not sure any of them really understood why that was probably like a, a an underlying <laughs> joke. Like they were like, what, what are we doing? This is not what I expected. But like I said, they were like dripping in sweat. Vizina was one of them. Um, to me, and I'm not trying to put words in anybody's mouth. He had that five-star look in my opinion. He just comes across like a, a guy that's going to be much better than people realize at the next level. Um, and his commitment, I think Biggins mentioned it, like his commitment kind of went kind of under the radar. Like it was quick. It was to the point. Everybody kind of knew it was going to be Clemson and then it happened and it was just like, all right, let's move on to the next one. But this kid, he is, he is really one to watch, man. I'm, I'm excited for him. Um, I think he's going to be really good at the next level. And uh, he was probably, I mean, it, there was definitely guys in that mix, but I would probably give Vizina the edge for his overall performance. That's encouraging, right? I mean, if you're, you're a Clemson fan, you know, I, we saw me and you Vizina together out in at Pylon Atlanta, snowy conditions. I, you know, I didn't think it was the best two days of him, but I will say when I spent time around him, you just got a different type of personality vibe. Um, a guy that seems like a leader and a guy that seems like he fits Clemson. And to me, I know Greg wrote this in one of his stories. I mean, Clemson is set up for success just with the quarterback position. You go get Kate Klubnick last cycle, who's already on campus, uh, you know, potentially pushing to play as a true freshman. We all loved him in the All-American Bowl. That was an awesome performance. I think he can do a little bit of everything. And I think with Cade, he makes others around him better. Uh, you know, I don't know if Bezina is as much as that, but he's a bigger quarterback can make probably a little bit more of the throws and if we're already thinking he's a potentially a top five talent you're you're stacking you know two in a row and then you know I was mentioning this uh, Jaden Davis he visits Clemson tomorrow on Wednesday you know they could go one two three and that's kind of how you do it uh, in, in terms of just getting talented quarterbacks so I think I mean we always talk about or, or, or one of the big question marks over the past six months really dating back to all those coaching changes Clemson has had is what's going to happen. You know, is the ship sinking? Is it taking on water? And I think, you know, the, the most important position on the field quarterback looks pretty good. If you're Clemson with, with, with Kate Klubnick and then Christopher Vizina, and we'll see what they do in, in 2024, but man, the luxury of getting your, your quarterback committed early is you can turn that page and, and go to the next cycle. And I know Tom, you asked Vizina, he, he's locked in and, and didn't he say that's the case? Like he's, he's not even looking at anyone else. Yeah, no, he's, he's very much locked in. He's excited. He's recruiting extremely hard and that's what you want to see. Uh, he's getting after it. I mean, he, he, he made his decision. He was fully focused on, I know Notre Dame was very much in play at one point and then it, and it swung back towards Clemson. But since then um, he said people have reached out, but he's made it very clear that that's where he wants to go. But you know, more to your point, like you just mentioned stacking quarterbacks. How how incredible is that? If you can go in and, and make a move with Jaden Davis, like you said, he's visiting this week. I mean, that he was he I saw him last year for the first time, and then he comes in this year. And he 
and again, everybody knows how talented he is. It's not like we're, you know, he's not, we're talking about some kid that's not very good, but he took a big leap forward for me this weekend. And, and that's where it really, really stood out to me. Like, all right, this guy is absolutely in the, in the discussion, not only as one of the best players in the country, but also, you know, obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the country, but, and who knows, maybe even number one overall top five, whatever, but he can make all the throws. It was very windy. There was, the, you know, he battled the elements and he had no issues with it. Super talented kid, alpha personality. Um, he has the arm strength, very athletic. He's advanced mechanically, as you know. Um, there's just so much to like there. So, so getting him on campus at Clemson this week, I mean, it's going to be big, man. We'll see because he's going to obviously everybody's coming after him. It'll be fun to watch to see how things play out for his recruitment. Right, Jaden. Also, going to I think it's Georgia, maybe today or tomorrow. I don't know what day we are. Uh, the first is that that's, that's Wednesday. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then he goes Thursday to Clemson. I think LSU. Uh, LSU is also going to get a visit. And then I believe Alabama and Michigan. I know he told Biggins that at some point he kind of wants to narrow it down. The two schools he do, does know that will for sure make whenever he does make that cut, I, I believe is Penn State and Georgia. They both have gotten on campus. I'm going to say this about Jaden Davis, dude. I love that kid since the first time I saw him. FBU freshman All-American Bowl. Um, I think he was our alpha dog for that game uh, by far. You know, he like you said, very advanced mechanically. We just didn't know where he would be two years down the line. You're trying to project. So me personally, I'm pounding my chest that he's looking good and trending in the right direction because uh, I want us to absolutely hit on him in our you know initial little rankings. He was our number one player um, coming out. Speaking of the number one player in the class of 2024, Dylan Rayola, he won the long ball toss, 72 yards, I believe was was how far they got him. First off. Paint the picture for that competition. What was that like? Did any of the college counselors throw as well? Um, who had the shortest throw? You know, what, 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 what was the what was the scene? Yeah, I don't remember the shortest throw. So it's funny. Like, it was not a lot. So it was kind of a cluster. It was all over the place when this was happening. And I'm not sure Clarkson could have said, stay back more than he already did. I mean, it was probably over 100 times where he had to tell kids to back up because you, you, you've you been to camps, Ivan's, and I'm sure they get you get run over trying to take photos. But Everybody kind of keeps closing in and closing in. And, uh, you know, there, Rayola was obviously the best in, from a, from an actual quarterback. But I got to give a shout out to Jamari Johnson, the Louisville commit. I know he's going to play tight end for them. But this guy, I think he technically won the competition because his throw went 72 yards as well. So he, he and Rayola tied with their first throws. Then they go to the finals, and he's obviously still in play. And then he rips off 69 yards. And I think Rayola's kind of, I don't know, there was just a slip, kind of fell, I think, like 65 yards or something like that. So Johnson technically won the quarterback toss. But, um, like, clearly, you, I know Lance Taylor, the offensive coordinator at, at, at Louisville, he actually was there because his kid was taking part in the camp. So he was watching. If the, he ever needs a Hail Mary, I mean, obviously, Johnson's your guy. So kind of cool to see that. I thought that was pretty neat. But, man, Rayola is a specimen. I mean, that guy – his arm talent, I mean, it's effortless. I mean, he, his arm strength is ridiculous. Obviously, throwing 70-plus. Uh, he's everything that we've been talking about for a very long time. Crazy velocity. But I got Quinn Ewers vibes from watching him in the setting um, you know, prior. So I kind of got those vibes with the way he throws the ball, how, how it comes off his hand. So super impressive. But, but yeah, Rayola. But shout out to Johnson. You know what I mean? Like, the guy gets some love. But Rayola is incredible. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I was at a game on Friday night in Orlando, Orlando Jones uh, versus Rockledge. Dylan Wade, tight end, going to take some visits to Rutgers. Shout out to our producer, producer Lance and a few other schools. He got a swing pass as a tight end and then threw it like out of the backfield. So, 
He's a converted quarterback as well, though. Uh, one other quarterback I wanted to hit on for sure, Dante Moore. I mean, he was there, correct? No, no, no. Dante was okay. not. Dante wasn't there. All right. But there was there some Dante news that came out over the weekend, right? Phyllis, what's going on there? Yeah, we were definitely – a lot of people were talking about Dante. Dante could have been there. He wasn't, obviously. But, I mean, enough people were talking about them, especially when you got Carnell Tate there. You know, he's talking about him as well. So, um, yeah, he – so but kind of the same gist from when I was talking to um, – I, I wrote a story, I think, Saturday morning. I think it was Saturday morning that from talking to a bunch of sources connected to all the programs that, that he's, you know, considering. I know he hasn't necessarily narrowed it down, but a lot of people are looking at A&M Notre Dame, Michigan, Miami, Oregon, and LSU. Um, the gist from everybody I'm talking to still has Notre Dame on top. Um, there's not a single connected source that said, I think it's this way or I think it's that way. Literally everybody still thinks Notre Dame's the team to beat. The majority of them think that he'll end up in the Midwest. And then if it comes down to Notre Dame and Michigan, everybody thinks it's going to be Notre Dame. A&M's got a visit coming up. That's going to be a big one. Miami's a dark horse. I think Oregon's probably a little far from home, and I'm not necessarily sure that um, he's super close to Brian Kelly, where that's going to just, you know, from his Notre Dame days to push him to LSU. But I'm definitely watching LSU, although they're not very confident. So I still like Notre Dame to land him. I think that's kind of the the safest bet at this point. But it's a crazy world we live in. NIL's a factor, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know when he's going to decide. I know he was er, early on, he was kind of set on deciding before the end of the summer, but. He doesn't seem in any kind of rush. Um, I, I know the coaching staffs cross country would love for him to commit and be done with it and start recruiting. It is what it is. But I'm hearing from some people that he may take this into the fall and he wants to, and it's really not like an NAL and waiting for the best offer thing. It's, I want to see these teams on the field, like Notre Dame, for example, I want to see what Tyler Buckner can do and see how the quarterbacks trend there. Um, I want to see what Michigan's going to do, Miami, all this kind of stuff. So I really think it's just a, cool, calculated, educated um, delay on his recruitment. He obviously could still pop before the end of the summer, but right now it's very possible that he goes into the fall. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And it'd be unprecedented, you know, for a quarterback to wait during the season, but he's a guy that can do it. And I remember he brought that up after I talked to him following Miami's spring scrimmage. He's like, hey, I, I legit want to see what these schools are going to do in 2022 on the field. And then he brought up the point. He's like, look, all these different people are in different places. Guys, that you know, Josh Gaddis was on me at Michigan. Now he's at Miami. You know, I, I need to know what's going on there. Notre Dame, you have Brian Kelly going to LSU, you know, tons of changes. So I – you know, I, I, I respect that. And one thing I think hasn't been discussed enough, I mean, I know we, we talked about it 
uh, or at least some of the analysts did in our, our recruiting chats, is Dante Moore turned 17 last week. He celebrated his 17th birthday, which to me is is you know wild. I, I would have most of these quarterbacks are actually a, a year older than they should be. You know they've been held back a year, uh, and Dante Moore would be young for his grade. That means wherever he enrolls early, he'll be 17 years old in college. Won't turn uh, 18 until you get. Um, through spring football practices. So I think that's certainly notable with him, something I'm, that makes me like him even more, just that age factor, because uh, he's already gotten the live reps and he's already gotten the bullets there uh, at Detroit, Martin Luther King. Tom, one more quarterback. I know he was there. Jaden Rashada, correct? He was there? Yeah. Yeah, he was. I know I read I read, I read, read Greg Biggin's story. He, he had a great way of wording all of it. Uh, but I believe Jaden was on a two-day visit to Florida, took a red eye in, showed up and threw on Saturday. So might, maybe not the best of performances. Um, why don't you tell us maybe what's going on with that recruitment a little bit? Because he's deciding here on June 18th, and he has not, as of what 10.49 Eastern time this morning, released where he's taking his official visits. And I think a lot of schools are anxious to see what that visit schedule will be. Yeah, we talked to him over the weekend. I know Biggins reported that something could come out today and and we'll see where the official visits line up. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he if he returned to Florida. I know he had a great time there. We were chopping it up a little bit there and and LSU, Texas A&M, Oregon all a factor. I mean, I don't know. All I all I know like regardless of where he ends up, this kid is is insanely talented. I mean, he may he's one of the more natural throwers of the football. I was a little frustrated because I I honestly think I said to him before the uh the long toss I'm like this might be yours I was like you were Dylan and then he's like I'm not doing it because they had this weird draft and they picked all these players and aligned these teams and then they only wanted one of the guys to do the long toss one of the guys to do the accuracy thing and then like I said it kind of became a cluster and opened up and it was all crazy but so he didn't actually do it but I did watch him as he was getting loose warming up I mean he was comfortably throwing from opposite 40 back of the end zone I mean it was I mean, it's just way too easy for him. So great kid, really nice kid. Like, you know, he was great to get around and spend some time with him on, on Sunday, especially, but what a talent. I mean, natural thrower of the football. Um, I know he did some work with Danny Hernandez, one of the, one, in my opinion, one of the best quarterback coaches in the country. Uh, and I see it because he's clean mechanically, very advanced, very smooth. Um, you know, he's a lean frame, tall, lengthy kid, but um, I know he can, you know, fresh off that Florida visit, some other schools still in play, but at least we'll know here within the next two to three weeks, but uh, the, the visits will play a factor as well. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Florida's in there, you know, Miami's in there. Um, LSU's in there. And the one thing you're going to note with him, I, you know, Cal's in there, Oregon's in there. I, I believe Rashada is going to play in that seven on seven event here next weekend. The, the uh, overtimes OT seven thing out there in Vegas, uh, you're announcing the 18th. So, you know, how much time does he really have to take some official visits? You're probably going to get some week official visits in there. Um, so that will be one to keep an eye on in terms of how it plays out. Uh, Tom, as we, before we pivot away from from the Steve Clarkson event, because you did say and you've mentioned that there were some other players there, um, some skill players, you know, guys from my neck of the woods flew out there, Brandon Ennis, Hakeem Williams, and then our number one ranked wide receiver, or I'm sorry, our number two ranked wide receiver, Carnell Tate, and this is a guy me and you have discussed at length over the past 12 months. Um, you know, he's from Chicago. I remember when he was in a Chicago kid, moves down to IMG Academy. I think me and you have always thought this is a Notre Dame-Ohio State battle, but it seems like LSU and Tennessee are also uh, have a seat at the table here. And it also sounds like he might decide soon. 
Yeah. So I asked him flat out when he's getting back to Notre Dame, when he's going to get back to Ohio State, all that kind of stuff. And he said, flat out, I'm done taking visits and I'm going to commit this summer. So obviously things can change and it may have been just a, you know, off the cuff thing that he said, but uh, he seemed very serious about it. I know he's told other people that as well. So uh, as of right now, he's done taking visits. He wants to commit within the next month or two and then be done with this process. Um, after seeing him, I, I, I'm, st I'm still not sure that there's a better receiver in the country. He really is special. Um, really, really good player. He's come a long way since we first saw him, I think maybe <laughs> a freshman in Chicago, but um, yeah, right now I like Tennessee and Ohio state. I still give the edge just basically the way, how confident they've been since day one. I want to give the edge to the Buckeyes. Um, NIL is obviously going to be a factor here as well. And, and they've been, they've been very adamant about that, but uh, privately from what I'm told, but Notre Dame, LSU are the other two. I don't feel great about Notre Dame's chances. I don't think anybody at LSU feels great about their chances. So looks like a Tennessee, Ohio State battle for him. Brandon Innes, again, from your neck of the woods. This was my first time really seeing up close where I'm focusing on him and super quick. Um, you know, he this guy was super competitive too, man. He was getting after Did you not read my feature that I wrote on like Thursday? <laughs> I think I might've missed that one. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, he, he was so competitive, man. I, I love that. I mean, th there was not a rep that he didn't want to take. Um, so he, he got after it this weekend, but from a recruiting standpoint, I believe it's BAM on June 3rd, Ohio state, June 17th. And then some other schools like Georgia, USC, LSU, A&M, and I think Miami and Florida, you would know better than me, but Miami and Florida state were also in play, but um, just watching him work, man. I was he's he's really good, man. I'm going. Well, know, let me let me let me ask you. Our 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 player comp on his profile has always been Amon Ra St. Brown, and I know and I know you saw Amon Ra a lot. Yeah, I see it. I yeah. see. It. I mean, you can see that, correct? No, no doubt, no doubt. That's actually a really good comp. Um, just kind of picturing the two of them, even in the same event. Um, yeah, no question. Yeah, that that's a that's a great comp, actually. Um, I think I guess the only difference is that like. Brandon can go through a rep and like just go back to the lineup. Whereas Amon Ra wants to make sure everybody knows that he just won the rep. So there was, yeah. that's probably the only difference, but Hakeem Williams, maybe the most physically impressive receiver there. Uh, he can do everything you want. I mean, he, and he showed it, he took a ton of reps, had a lot of fun out there. Um, A&M from what I gathered, at least from like what I picked up over this weekend seems to be pulling out in front. Uh, Georgia Pitt, Pitt's probably a dark horse and, Alabama and Florida State are also in play, but yeah, kind of got some AM vibes from there. So my crystal ball is for Mr. Hakeem Williams. Um, you know, Tom, Notre Dame, number one recruiting class in the country right now. Obviously, you're the expert on that. So as we move away from the Steve Clarkson thing, one of the big uh, news items over the weekend, you know, kids love to use these holidays to announce commitments. You know, we didn't see a bunch now, but wait till July 4th. It'll be one of the busiest days in, of the recruiting year. Um, Jaden Lamar, I'm saying that correct, correct, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, he, he he announces on CBS HQ to the Irish on, was that Thursday or was that Friday? Uh, Friday, Saturday? I think Friday. Okay, well, yeah. top two, four, seven running back, commits to Notre yeah. Dame. Um, but the Irish don't seem to be done. And I, I know you hit me up a few weeks ago about Notre Dame potentially getting an official visit from Richard Young, um, a top 50 prospect from, from the state of Florida. I basically told you I didn't think so. Uh, and then the next thing you know that Notre Dame's got an official visit set up. Uh, Delane McCullough is leading the charge for the Irish. So just what, just big picture, what is their game plan there? Like, you know, what is Notre Dame trying to do? Uh, obviously you want to get as many dudes as you can. Uh, but we also saw a, a running back decommit recently right. Cedric Irvin Jr. So, you know, what, what what's going on in, in the future of that backfield? 
Yeah, I think ideally they pay they they pair Jordan uh, Jaden Lamar with one of Richard Young or Jeremiah Love out of St. Louis. I think that's kind of their their plan at this point. You know, things didn't work out for Cedric Irvin. I know he's going to be fine. He'll, he'll land. He's got some great offers, so it'll all work out there. So he decommits, and now they're now they're stuck with just the one running back. But Richard Young takes the official visits to Oklahoma, then Bama, Notre Dame, Georgia, and Oregon. He'll be at Notre Dame on June 13th. So they're fired up. I mean, Dylan McCullough was brought to Notre Dame to recruit the best of the best, not to take, you know, guys that, that may or may or may not play at Notre Dame. So he's pushing hard to land Richard Young, a guy that they look at as arguably the best running back in America. So they got a shot and that's all you can ask for. I talked to one source at Notre Dame that called it a Hail Mary. They said, but at least we have a throw. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, but, but I, you know, it's kind of cool that they at least get an opportunity to host him because I mean, he's, he's a tremendous talent and, uh, but I think the safe bet or smart money would probably be on Alabama at this point. I think the crystal ball may be in favor of them at this point. Um, and I think that's probably a safe bet, but, but with Notre Dame, I mean, that, that you've seen kids that like one visit could be a game changer for there. And, and Marcus Freeman, Tommy Reese, McCullough, they're all working on him. We'll see what happens. And there is some connection there. So they got a shot. That's all you can ask for. But yeah, if they could land him or Jeremiah Love, that that's your win. Yeah. I think the big thing when you take a, a step back, and if you've been following this recruitment, yeah, Notre Dame's getting an official visit. Like you said, is it going to have to be a you know a Doug Flutie hail mary that they catch it? Sure, yes. But you know, uh, Richard was scheduled to take an official visit to Ohio State, and he's bumping that for Notre Dame, and he has been to Ohio State by far more than any other school. I think on his list aside, maybe from some of the in-state schools, I know he keeps running track up at Florida and all that stuff, but he, he went to Ohio State, I think two or three times last summer. So to me, this shows that where has Marcus, what has Marcus Freeman done with Notre Dame recruiting? Not only do they have the number one class in the country right now, they're getting a legitimate SEC level caliber running back that Nick Saban, you know, that Nick Saban in Georgia and, and Kirby Smart want, and they're getting that kid to bump a visit to Ohio State to check them out. Um, and, it, you know, that was all kind of under the radar. So I think that's a big flex for Marcus Freeman and, and, and that staff he's assembled. Yeah. Like, like you said, whether you land him or not, the fact that he's going to take the visit, it's going to get eyeballs on it. Everybody's going to notice. I mean, he's a popular kid nationally. People know about him. So when he posts those post visit photos or says he's having a good time or whatever the case may be, people are going to notice that in, a, in itself is a win for fans and the fan base and everybody on the outside on the inside of the building, they obviously don't look at it as a win unless they land him. But, you know, like you said, they got a shot. So we'll see what happens. Uh, one other major, I think, storyline with this Notre Dame recruiting class. Um, what happens if they don't get Dante Moore? So you, you outlined for us what they think, you know, what your feelings about – you handicap the race for us, I should say. And it seems like, you know, Notre Dame is the leader in the clubhouse. You know, I don't know if they have a – a five shot lead or, or if they got, you know, a two shot lead, you know, with some guy on 16 and, and some holes to play, you know, who, who knows if they're going to close the deal. Yeah. Uh, but what, what do you, how, what do you think would happen if, 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 Notre, if, if Dante Moore were to go somewhere else? So for me, it's always like all eyes have been on Avery Johnson. Um, I think he's been the guy that, that Notre Dame has been the highest on. Um, there are others in play, but it's really, Ben Dante Moore, and that's really it. They've really shut down the recruiting efforts of everybody else. They they stopped recruiting Chris Vizina at one point just because they felt very good about landing Dante Moore. Right or wrong, it is what it is. That's what they did. And then they did the same thing with Avery Johnson. They kind of slowed that down and and were very upfront about it. And they said we feel good about another player. Um, if anything changes, you know, you'll get a call. 
And I know that Avery Johnson has always been very high on Notre Dame. He has a great connection with Tommy Reese. I know Reese is extremely high on him, um, but but Dante has been the guy. So in 23, if you're going to, if I'm going to go like with a best guess of who they could potentially land, it would be Johnson, a, a freakish kind of athlete that really wowed the staff when he came up for camp. I mean, from what I was told, because we didn't have any access at the time, was that he was outperforming athletically the receivers and DBs that were working out. I mean, the kid, the kid can play and he's obviously a really good basketball player. So we've seen the, we've seen the highlights of him dunking and all that kind of stuff. So that's the focus in 23. And then the big focus obviously in 24 and going all in on CJ Carr and Julian saying, I mean, two five-star kids that Notre Dame's in a, in a great position for an uh, honest, like from what I was told over the weekend from different people, um, I think they have the edge for saying heading into some other visits that he's taken this summer um, he won't be back at Notre Dame, but he's been there three times. And then I feel very good in saying that Notre Dame leads for CJ Carr right now, as it is. There's a lot of other things that are going to play a factor with that recruitment. It's going to be tough. And Michigan's absolutely going to be in the race to the end. Um, but I know Wolfong has a crystal ball in Notre Dame. And I was kind of, I'm kind of close to joining him, to be honest, but I'm trying to see, like, I don't want to put a pick on Carr and then have saying commit because he's probably going to commit first. I mean, Julian saying seems very close and he could make a decision September, October around that time. It, you know, he told me it'll be during his junior year. And I don't know if CJ's as close to making a decision. So that'll be a factor as well. But I really do think that Notre Dame could possibly lead for both of them. So that's your, that's your move in 24. CJ Carr quarterback out of Michigan. Um, obviously Lloyd Carr's nephew, correct? Nephew. No, grandson. grandson. Man, I'm slipping here, slipping here. But that's obviously, like you said, going to be a major storyline. Um, as we wrap this up, a few more, I don't know, quick hitters that I wanted to get to. And I know you've seen some of these guys, Tom, so some of them you haven't. Um, Cody DeCambria, safety out of Bishop Gorman. He commits to Oregon on Monday. This guy is a lock to make my freaks list, which will come out later this summer. One of the best testers we know in the 2023 cycle. 41.9-inch vertical jump. 6.31 L drill, and then a 127-inch broad jump. I mean, this guy tests off the charts. Um, he can play some football as well. But, you know, nice little win for Dan Lanning and the Ducks. Have you seen Cody play at any point? I'm sure you have. Yeah, I was out of, actually out at Gorman. So he had he had camped in Notre Dame, and then I went out to Gorman and talked to his coaching staff. And Nico Fertitta was actually on staff there at the time I said, this is the guy, like he's going to be a dude and he's going to land at a big time school, whatever. This was like two or three years ago. And obviously it came to fruition and played out that way, but um, super talented, long um, physical. It doesn't look, it didn't look like much at the time, but he was a thumper. And um, I mean, he's a guy that like you gravitate towards, like he'll be a captain um, by the time things wrap up in college, but very good player. Nice get for Oregon. Uh, and you know, I, my theory, the more I talk to college coaches, you want those kind of, not program guys, but guys that you know that are going to come in and want to win. I think in this era with the transfer portal, that's becoming more and more important. I think schools are trying to figure out how do I figure out a way to, you know, read a kid's character. And obviously, once you get into the recruiting process with the in-home visits, uh, you can learn more as you get out on the road and whatnot. But I think more schools are trying to figure out ways to I almost get a blind test when it comes to character. So Cody uh, DeCambria, Seems like he checks off not only the freaks list box, but also the program guy box, which is important. One other guy I just want to shout out that it's probably a lot to make my freaks list. DJ Oliver, a running back out of Port St. Joe, which is in Florida's panhandle. He commits to USF on Friday. I was driving up to Orlando. He commits to USF. 
I don't know if there's anyone with this profile in the class of 2023. 239 pounds. That's what he weighed at the state state weightlifting meet a few weeks ago. Uh, he takes third there. Also fourth in his shot put at the state track meet. And he went 11.45 in the 100-meter dash. Ran for over 1,000 yards. Also had over 100 tackles as a junior. Um, so this guy's kind of one of a kind. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, if running back's going to work out. I think potentially maybe – you know, maybe a defensive lineman with that kind of burst, but he's certainly interesting. Um, talking quarterbacks, Minnesota flips Drew. How do, do you know how to say Drew's last name? Viato. Viato. Okay, it is Viato from Eastern Michigan. I think that was on Friday or Saturday. Uh, Tom, we saw Drew throw in Atlanta at Pylon. Um, what do you think about this take? I think it's an interesting one because I wasn't super blown away by Drew. I mean, he was thought he was fine, but you know, I, I thought maybe Minnesota would do a little bit more. At the quarterback yeah. position. Yeah, I saw him there, and then I think I saw him at the what was it, the Elite Eleven in Ohio, and he was better. He was much better there. Um, he had a much stronger, stronger day. It was it was a good performance. Um, you know, in Atlanta, he was working. I think with that was he was on the same team as Dante Moore, working yeah. behind him alongside him. And um, yeah, I was surprised as well. Um, but but he's always been a guy that I've watched because he's I've seen him make some wow throws. Maybe struggled a little bit with the consistency, but there's a lot to like about him. So. Um, and enough, obviously, for P.J. Fleck and those guys. So it, it was a nice pickup for Minnesota. Yeah, completed over 70% of his passes. And we know you know, how, how much the, the folks at Minnesota place an emphasis on traits and, and all those numbers and stuff like that. And Drew is a legit 6'3", 220 pounds, 10 and a half inch hands. And I will say this, I mean, you know, maybe I'm not super high uh, uh, on the quarterback take, but Minnesota's in a dogfight right now with Clemson for one of my favorite tight ends in the class of 2023, Olsen Pratt Henry, uh, kid out of Fort or, or out of Fort or out of Naples that goes to First Baptist Academy, super athletic tight end. I think that's a Minnesota Clemson battle. He visits Clemson this weekend. Two weeks later, he'll be up in Minneapolis. And I think if Clemson uh, or I think if Minnesota could clear, close the deal there, that'd be certainly the statement for PJ Fleck. Two more things: Jackson State. I mean, I can't believe we keep talking about them. Them and Deion Sanders, they land four-star wide receiver Isaiah Kendall over the weekend. They're now up to number 62 in the 24/7 Sports Composite Team Rankings. They also got another receiver committed, Robert Lockhart, uh, number 62. You're ahead of Utah and South Carolina, so um, it, you know Coach Prime keeps finding a way to chip. Chip, chip and get it done and then the last thing here wake forest they landed a commitment last thursday from hilton alexander uh his father is one of the top wide receiver trainers um in the atlanta metro area so right now wake forest number 12 in the national rankings number two in the acc ahead of fsu miami north carolina and clemson so tip your cap to dave clausen taking advantage of uh, his success last year on the field um, and that should do it, Tom. Any any closing thoughts from you? Are you going to get some sleep? Or are you, you grinding up the video the next few days? Actually wrapped up the video this morning, so I'll be posting that over the next couple of days. So it was a fun weekend, man. Ready to get after it, though. Got Notre Dame camps all summer long and, and all that stuff. So it, and big visit weekend. So it'll be a, it'll be a good grind. So a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm you know I'm going to a one of a kind camp tomorrow. FAU right down the road from me. They're hosting a post high school camp so you can only participate if you're a junior college kid or in the transfer portal so um i'm gonna go there and see what what names and faces show up uh because i have not heard of any other schools doing anything like that uh but that's gonna do it for today's show again cooper stuck somewhere in the snow 
Uh, so Tom had to step in and he did a great job. We will see you guys next week, hopefully soon. This show will actually have a name to it um, and we'll be able to take questions and everything like that. Uh, until then, we'll see you guys next week. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.